Hello and welcome to Healthology. I'm Chris Howard, ACSM certified exercise physiologist. And I'm Seth Finch, ACSM certified personal trainer. And it's July 18th, 2015. Dang. Dang, the time keeps on rolling. <laughs> it keeps moving. We were just talking about, man. I'm look up I'm look up tomorrow. I'm be 30 years old, man. Dang. Just turned 28. Watch, watch it now. That, that, <laughs> that adds two more years on to my time now. <laughs> I know. So yeah, we got a good show coming up for you today. We got a good show coming up for you today. I realized that last week I told you we had a new format, but didn't explain what the new format was. So right. <laughs> we're gonna get into that a little bit. Let you know what's coming up. Um, we got some couple new things that we got for you to take advantage of in terms of interacting with the show. So I'll let you know about that as well. And um, yeah, the, the Seth keeps on coming up with these newfangled things that these youngsters have. <laughs> the all these different ways of interfacing with one another. So it's very interesting. So please take advantage of the, the what's it called? Google Voice. Yeah, the Google Voice number. Yeah, Google Voice number. So we'll get into that in a minute and. Let's hop into everything else, man. Let's start it up. Let's go ahead. Let's get it going. All right. I think we're in here, man. I think we're in the show now. We're in the show. We're in the show. We were outside the show before. Now we're in the show. <laughs> going live. <laughs> we're live. We're doing it live. Um, Like I said before, we got a new format we got slated up. Um, we're separating the interviews from the main show from now on for people who like just the interviews or people who want to get to an interview topic a little bit quicker. You don't have to fast forward through our part or listen to the part if you just want to hear that interview. And if you like our part, then now you get a little bit more of it as well. So for you know the two different types of listeners or multiple types of listeners or however you like to listen to it, we got something for everybody now. And we're gonna be we're gonna start up um, series of interviews. So. Uh, bringing in people who can talk on um, a topic or similar topics to dig deeper into them instead of just bringing one person to talk in on one thing. We're going to bring in uh, multiple heads, multiple people from multiple you know backgrounds and experience levels to come in and talk about a topic so we can dig really deep into it and if you have questions you can ask you can ask them and you know if the guest we bring on doesn't have the answer we may be able to find somebody who does so that's right. what we're trying to get started here and, I, and we believe that you'll you'll enjoy this format a little bit more like i said what seth was saying you can actually instead of having to slide your finger and get to the actual interview we kind of separate it a little bit and so you can jump right to the main format or you can hear us pontificate a little bit longer as we tend to mm-hmm. to do a little <laughs> bit i've heard you know i love the podcast but you guys are a little long but you know we're bringing all kind of information so hopefully you know hit us up on the new google voice yeah and let us know what you think and any comments or any suggestions for shows and, and whatever just hit us up yeah most definitely we want to make sure we're, we're um we're we're making the show we're creating a show that uh that you want to listen to that you want to be a part of so definitely um engage with us at the at the email address chowfit at gmail.com in our new google voice number which is 412-407-7127 so you can call us up leave a voicemail there if it's a good one if it's short enough you know somewhere in between 30 seconds to a minute if it's you know in that kind of time range we may play it on the show might get somebody to answer it in an interview we might answer it ourselves so, um, you know, just, just let us know what you want to hear, what you want to see. If you got any suggestions for us or if you have um, some opinions on some topics we may be talking about. If you're an expert out there and you know something about something we're talking about, most definitely hit us up, send us an email, you know, uh, send us a voicemail. And um, 
engage with us. All right. Remember, we we started this show just bringing all things health. That's why we called it Healthology. And like I said, by no means do we have this perfected. And so we are on the fly, you know, changing our format and uh, we're open to all suggestions. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. With that being said, man, what's going on with you, Chris? Nothing's going on with me. I don't have any, you know, too many more big updates. I'm, I'm saving a big update because I really don't want to let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll hold on to that until it's just about ready to drop. Other than that, just, you know, keeping with the workouts. How's your workouts coming? I know last time we were talking, yeah. we were talking about, you know, with the rock and all that stuff. Yeah, and I, yeah. I actually watched the, an interview with him talking about all the cardio he does mm-hmm. in conjunction with you know, the mass amount of calories he's eating and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you know, took me back to our conversation on our last show, just saying it all depends on what your goals are for what you're trying to do. Yeah. Like I said, I could, I'll say it, you know, I've said it probably 10 times on some of these shows and I'll probably say it another 100 times. If I were an actor and you wanted me to gain 100 pounds, I think I can do that. If you mm-hmm. wanted me to lose another 70 or 80 pounds, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So it's all mm-hmm. dependent upon what your goals are. Um, for what uh, time frame? And again, with us, with healthology, you want smart goals, you know, whatever that may be for you in this particular season. Yeah, yeah. No, my workouts have been going good. I've, I've gotten back to what I've been doing for the past year or so, which has been I've been focusing on endurance and making sure my body is um, is going to be prepared to go on old age. And I'm only 28, so mm-hmm. like I'm already thinking about that now. I want to. I'm thinking about what my quality of life is going to be like when I get into my 50s and my 60s. And I want to prepare okay. for that. I want to make sure that um, I'm able to do, maybe not with the same intensity, right. <laughs> the stuff that I'm able right. to do now, but I'm still able to do it at a proficient capacity. Right. You know, I, I want to still be able to walk. I still want to be able to run when I need to, swim when I need to. You know, I want to be able to, to move unassisted if, you know, if, if that's possible, right. you know, through just um, – you know, my physical, keep my physical fitness up, you know, something might happen in the future, which might not enable me to do that, like injury or something, but I'm trying to do what I can from my, from my standpoint to do it and, and keep it rolling. I'm more concerned. I've always been concerned with just like, um, with, with overall health, overall endurance, really being able to perform at a high level for longer periods of time than I have been with, um, just raw physical output or like, uh, like a, like a, a raw push or like a sprint of, of motion right. mm-hmm. and um getting back to that like the you know that show ball like a sandwich or the show ball is kind of threw me off a little right. bit just right. like anything else but i'm back on track well, i'm back on track that's life i mean i can give you an example just from uh yesterday uh out shopping i was in a particular store and this gentleman came in and me being i'm used to being about maybe 15 or 20 pounds heavier than i am mm-hmm. currently and so this guy walks in very impressive about maybe mm-hmm. two or three inches taller than me and bigger mm-hmm. than me. And I'm like saying to myself, well, man, I feel like a, a, a little fella here, you know. <laughs> and I'm, I've always been, you know, built well and, you know, but now I'm, I'm a little leaner mm-hmm. than I've, I've ever been, you know, my entire life. And I'm looking at this guy and you're like, I, I kind of thought back to you saying, hey, I want to put on an extra 10 pounds or something. <laughs> I, I felt like I want to stick my chest out or something. But yeah. this guy was like towering, you know, mm-hmm. he was in there shopping with, I believe it was his daughter. And I was shopping with my daughter for a computer. Mm-hmm. And it was just 
you know, you can be thrown off by just what you see. So, I mean, you were watching the show Ballers. I was just traversing through life every mm-hmm. day. You see somebody impressive comes in, you know, mm-hmm. stands up a good posture. And I'm, I felt like a little shrinking violet there for a minute. <laughs> like, man, I'm, maybe I need to change my workout and, yeah. you know, get that extra 10 or 15 pounds back. But like I said, I feel good where I am. You, and, and everybody has to adjust your goals and kind of, you know, be smart about what your, what your um, true desire is as far as what your health is for you like you said you want to age properly you want to be able to do you know at a reasonable capacity what you're able to do now mm-hmm. as you get older so uh yeah good stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what articles are you bringing forth today um article i got right now is is is, is pretty good it's something i think about a lot and um and i thought about like in the, in the past couple of years because i used to watch the show mad men and um, one of the things that one of the main character in there, Don Draper, has is a couch in his office. And he's always taking naps. And I used to think, like, man, that'd be awesome to have a job where I could just take a nap whenever I wanted. Like, yeah, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so when I was reading this article, it made me think about that. And I found this on um, New York Times' site. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's called Naps May Improve our frustration tolerance our frustration tolerance and i picked this one because you hear about you know naps giving you like a little energy boost or or you being able to kind of um to feel refreshed in terms of um your brain capacity like being able to think but um i never heard i, I haven't read an article or heard the claim that it boosted your frustration tolerance you being able to take you being able to deal with all the things that go wrong during your day or, okay. or the challenges of your day and focusing on it from that standpoint and um the kind of synopsis of the article and the study that it's based on is that it suggests that a short nap could reduce um impulsive behavior and improve the ability to withstand frustration and to go a little dig a little deeper into the study i focused on 40 people ages 18 to 50 and um all the people involved in the study were um, tested after three nights of normal sleep, so uh, sleep given sleep between um, six and eight hours uh, uh, of rest at night, and um, they took computer based computer computer based tests of frustration. So um, they were tested on on both groups. They split them into two groups. One group had an hour nap um, between the two testing. So they tested them on a computer for with an unsolvable problem. They didn't know it was unsolvable, but it was unsolvable. It was a problem that it couldn't be solved. So they tested them once, and then they tested the two groups again after half of the group of people had an hour nap, which most of them slept at least partial, you know, partial, partial amount of that time. So not all of them slept for that full hour, but but all of them slept for um, at least some time during that hour. And then the other half watched a nature video. Just stayed up and watched the nature, <laughs> nature video. video. <laughs> That's what they say. It's almost like taking a nap sometimes. <laughs> they watched a nature video for an hour. So they came back. And the thing that was interesting was that um, the people who took the nap were, they did a little, they were able to stick with the problem a little bit longer than the people who didn't people who didn't you know they quit a little bit faster mm-hmm. and um you know got frustrated so right. <laughs> frustrated, frustrated from watching the nature video <laughs> <laughs> they got they got frustrated a little quicker mm-hmm. and the people who got that nap you know they stuck with it a little bit longer at you know at, you know whole and the thing that one of the things that i was um that i was taking from the study was that um not everybody is going to be able to get a nap 
during the day. Like that's just not going to be right. That's not realistic. Option. Right. That's not an option. But one thing that I started thinking about was um, what do what does sleep do for us? You know, so sleep it resets our biological clock. It gives us a chance to rest, or so not using um, we're not using our energy stores as much as we do when we're when we're awake. So for people who don't have the option or the luxury of just <laughs> just stopping and taking a nap for an hour during during work. You might want to try to pursue something that may be close to that, maybe a brief little meditation where you're not, you know, where you're relaxing and mm-hmm. you're not using as much energy. You're not really thinking about anything. You're just letting your mind kind of go. Right. So you're not using up those energy stores to actually think and, you know, in your brain processes. Or you may be doing something where you don't have to think, where you can down the zone or maybe go on a walk where you're not really thinking about work and not really thinking about anything and just resting your mind. If you can't rest the body, rest the mind, right. you know, just try to get a little bit of rest so when you come back you feel a little bit more refreshed maybe not as re- as refreshed if you could take that nap right but you know a little right. bit more refreshed because you're not using up as much energy as you did yeah that's good that's that's a really good uh suggestion mm-hmm. and i'm speaking to those people who who have who are like me and like me in the past like me currently who may take a break on the cell phone on social media or playing a game or you're using a little bit of that brain power to do it i'm saying just yeah. chill yeah turn just off all your chill. electronic devices just chill and let the brain coast, you know, maybe for half an hour during your lunch break, mm-hmm. you know, take a half an hour to eat, half an hour just to chill. Right. Or if you only get like a 30 minute lunch break, 15 minutes to eat and 15 minutes just to chill. You know, right. I'm just I'm thinking while you're talking, you know, our, our phones, if you have a smartphone, they have what's called an airplane mode. Mm. Right. Yeah. There's a way that you can put yourself into a I don't know what you want to term it, but for lack of better terms, call it a Zen mode mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you're just, you know, you you unplug or, or turn off your phone turn off your ipads turn off yep. your portable devices turn off your computer screen mm-hmm. and just for you know if it's a half an hour lunch break for 15 minutes of it if you have an hour yep. maybe it's 20 minutes of your lunch break mm-hmm. just totally unplug you cannot get me mm-hmm. at this time mm-hmm. i don't you know unless you have to have your phone on if you're you know if you're waiting on an important call or whatever but for that 15 or 20 minutes you are unavailable to anybody. Yep. Just boom, this is my time. Mm-hmm. Because really, if you if you have the luxury of taking an hour nap, you know, you're not getting to that REM sleep. So mm-hmm. anyway, so I mean it's you're at a low level. Yep. You can almost mimic that by like you said, you caught me the other day in our <laughs> studio. We have a couple different lighting options now. One of our main lights have actually an emergency light has gone out, which I really love because now when you turn the lights off, it's pitch black in mm-hmm. here. And so I have a, we have a, a table lamp now. And so I had that on and I was kind of still working. So I wasn't totally unplugged, mm-hmm. but it was almost like a Zen mode and here it was a little bit more calm. You yeah. know, we didn't have the harsh lighting from the fluorescent lights mm-hmm. that are in the studio. So it was calming. So that's, that's a, a, a neat um, idea that you have there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, bring those neat ideas, man. I'm, You're pretty I'm neat. What, I'm what they call a modern-day renaissance, man. I dibble-dabble in a little bit of everything. I see that. I see that. <laughs> a jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah. But um, also one of the things I want to point out, too, is for those people who like to look critically at things, is that the study was most of the people tested, even though it was 18 to 50, most of the people testing that study were college-age students. And people who in well, college age, you do have that time to, you know, like you, you have more options to take a nap in between a class or something right. like that. So that's why I wanted to make sure that I got um, got that out there and got my, my, my opinions about how maybe you can do that if you're if you're working age, if you're in a job and you can't do that. And um, 
also let me check the notes here real quick there was something else i wanted to mention about the study um yeah also most of the they didn't do any um electronic they didn't do any electronic monitoring of the sleep so the sleep for that three-day period under normal circumstances and the sleep that they were getting um for that hour for that for the second half of the subgroup for well for that subgroup of the main group was just self-reporting so they were just reporting on you know how much sleep did they get? Right, so they don't really get into the quality of sleep. Or mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. Exactly, and that's why I pointed it out. So, but yeah, that's what I got. And um, what you got coming up? I was actually talking about something I noticed the other day, and so I'm brushing up on it. So I'll be uh, relatively brief, just talking about. Um, you know, you see a lot of these reusable bags, and so it's from the same New York Times Well blog, and it was just. You know, I was looking at some of the comments and, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, you may or you may not know. So I'll just kind of go through there. But if you bring your own environmentally friendly bag and to shop at, you know, your grocery store, or whatever, you're more likely to buy healthier food. And mm-hmm. so I got to thinking about, you know, how does that match in with exercise? And a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now, everybody's talking about all this wearable fit technology. Yep. And so, you know, I kind of put the two together saying, you know, if you're more apt to buy, you know, a Fitbit or any of these other tracking devices, I definitely believe for people that are beginning an exercise program or maybe are on a fence as to, you know, the efficacy of it, you know, I believe that that will actually kind of spur on more um, physical activity if you do buy something. Now, how great it is as far as tracking or how accurate the device may be, you know, that's up for grabs because, you know, know, all the research behind it, you don't know who they're researching, you don't know, you know, what's the algorithm they use to figure out how many calories you're burning, your step rate and all that. And all that stuff is, you can have a different play. Somebody who's 5'10", has a different, you know, stride than somebody who's six foot, you know, or, mm-hmm. or six three. Um, but back to the brown bag. Um, I, Seth and I were talking before the show. <laughs> I have a brown bag from a couple of different places: Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. I think even Giant Eagle. Now, if you're in Pittsburgh, you know that we one of our major food stores is Giant Eagle. All of them have these reusable bags that you can actually purchase for a dollar or two dollars, yeah. whatever. Yep. I always have it in my car, but I always forget to bring it into the store, mm-hmm. and I'm not. My memory doesn't get jarred until I get to the checkout line and I see <laughs> two or three people pull those out. And it was, you know, interesting that this particular article says that you're more apt to buy healthier food if you remember that bag and if you do bring it into the store. It also kind of went into the flip side too. That you know, they they talked about these two uncon- unconscious processes that we all go through: the priming effect basically is what we were talking about. If you have the bag and you bring it in, you're more apt to make the choice. Mm-hmm. If you buy the Fitbit technology, you're more apt to go out and walk more if you're looking yeah. at you know, your, your steps that you walk and all that. So that's the priming effect. The licensing effect, we all kind of do that anyway. If I, if I, um, if I make a, a clean decision for lunch, you know, I'm gonna have the salad with a piece of grilled chicken or just the salad by itself, then maybe I might splurge for dinner. Mm-hmm. Same thing with exercise. If I go the extra five or ten minutes on the elliptical or stepper yeah. or something, yeah. that's going to give me the license or the ability to go ahead and treat myself later. So it's basically went into, you know, it was a very short article, but just talking about um, the licensing effect and the priming effect and just, you know, how we use that 
um, with the groceries. And I, I kind of like had a nice little segue into how we do it with fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I kind of wanted to bring forward, and it actually ties into this, and Seth knows that I've been looking for this book. I tore my house up looking for one of my old <laughs> ACSM books that I had um, let Seth use. And I, I, I could have bet a million dollars that he had given it back to me because I remember we talked about it. Yeah. And so I knew that it was in my possession. So for the last maybe two, three weeks, I was tearing my house up looking for this book. <laughs> and then I saw Seth here about a week ago and I said, Seth, I know you gave me the book back, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I said, yes, you did. You gave me the book. But he said, no, I didn't because I haven't been home. And I said, what? I tore my whole house up um, for it. So I'm glad I have the book back. And basically, I wanted to kind of uh, get into a little bit behind, you know, some of the technology and how they come up with the um, amount of calories you're actually burning when you're wearing some of this wearable technology and when you're on a treadmill or you're on an elliptical in mm-hmm. a gym and you set it up properly when you actually input your 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 height and your mm-hmm. weight yeah. and your age. I kind of wanted to, to kind of gloss over it or just hit you with it during the Healthology podcast. And then what's, what's nice about this, we're gonna actually have a link on our, our website and you'll be able to actually figure out at least your your resting metabolism. So I'll go through it really quickly, but like again, I'm kind of brushing over it, but the notes and everything will be there and there will be a charge to your account. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> so generally, whenever you're on a treadmill or you have this Fitbit technology and it's always asking you for your age, your height and your weight, it's kind of get, just trying to get an estimate for your body size, your age, and then it, it puts it into this long ACSM, um, whether it's a walking or running or stepping, it puts it into this algorithm. And so without getting into the minutia of all that, I kind of figured out a way just to figure out everyone's resting metabolism. So if mm-hmm. you can kind of get a, an idea, and it, it's according to your body weight. So if everybody can kind of get like a ballpark um, uh, idea of how many calories you burn at rest, and then that might you know go a long ways to helping you with your diet and your fitness goals. So I'll run through this pretty quick. Um, again, on our website you'll see the actual formula and everything. So if you if you're a nerd like Seth is, and if you're a nerd like I am, mm-hmm. you'll want to know the little details. So, and I'll use myself as an example. So, <clears throat> so when 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 exercise um, physiologists or or people or researchers are using and are trying to um, put a, a, a label on how many calories you're burning, they use what's called METS. So METS is the metabolic equivalent. So mm-hmm. whenever you're dealing with a, um, in a fitness facility or, or a rehab center, they always, or a cardiac, especially cardiac rehab, they always wanna say, well, what MET level is so-and-so working at? Yep. So whenever your body's at rest, Seth and I are now at rest, you're considered a one MET level. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it real easy. If it's one met activity, two met, three met, whatever. So when you're at a resting met, it's one. Okay, so it's your it's basically a one met activity. You want to multiply that by three point five. Three point five is not an arbitrary number, but for this particular podcast, I don't want to get into depth. So mm-hmm. one met, Seth and I are both at now. So I currently weigh two hundred pounds, but you need to have your body weight in kilograms. So 200 pounds in kilograms is actually 90.9 kilograms. So you multiply that 3.5 times my weight in kilograms, and that's gonna give you what's called your relative um, oxygen consumption, 
Okay, so if you do that math, you come up with 318 milliliters per minute. Again, I can see where this is going. I'm getting really nerdy here, but I love it. But I don't know if you're going to love it like I love it. So anyway, I come up with that 318, uh, 318 milliliters of oxygen that I would actually be consuming because oxygen is actually burning up calories. That's how you figure it out. So that's giving me my relative, but I need to, also, I need to go into my absolute how much oxygen I'm actually taking in per minute you know, that, as I breathe here at rest. So basically how you do that, you have to divide that by, uh, you have to multiply that, excuse me, you have to divide that by 1,000, which comes mm -hmm. up with 0.38 liters per minute. So that's how much oxygen I take in for my body weight mm -hmm. per minute. Mm -hmm. You have to multiply that by five because, again, I don't want to get into the details. It would be on our website. You multiply that by five, and that tells you how many calories per minute I'm burning. So at rest, just sitting here, Talking with you all now, I'm burning about one and a half, a little more than one and a half calories per minute. Mm -hmm. That's at rest. So if I don't mm -hmm. do anything all day, every day, and again, these are just general numbers here. I mean, I could be burning a little bit more, I could be burning a little bit less, mm -hmm. but basically one and a half calories per minute. You multiply that by there's 1,440 minutes in a day, you come up with a, a nice number of about 2,200 calories per day if I were to do absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. I find that number very beneficial for just the John Q or Jane Q public to know if I'm at rest, I know that I need at least 2,200 calories. Mm -hmm. So if you were a six foot three, 200 pound African-American male like me, <laughs> that's about how many calories you need per day just to subsist, to exist. Mm -hmm. um, and so just that number alone will help you kind of figure out, well, how many calories I need to eat? Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm burning X amount of calories during exercise. And yep. so we're, we're always searching for, you know, what's the right balance of, you know, calories in and calories out. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was a nice little tie-in for, you know, the fitness technology and, and just a peek behind the curtain to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Because if you don't set up, especially when you're in a, in a gym and you go and just jump on and hit the quick workout on any treadmill or any other piece of device, mm -hmm. it kind of automatically defaults to somebody who's maybe 154 pounds, if I remember correctly. You're gonna be like 154 pounds, five, yeah. 10 male, I believe. I think they all default to That's a male. a small guy. Right, it's like, it's like <laughs> five, seven. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but yeah. if you don't set up, if you don't take the minute or two to set up your mm -hmm. program, you're mm -hmm. gonna default to that. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess if you really, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, if you really default to that, it's gonna probably um, estimate low, which yeah. is okay, actually. You'd rather esti have an estimate that's too low yeah, than, too than one that's too high. Mm -hmm. You're thinking, well, man, I burned 500 calories. Yeah. So and I can go out and have that. And that's probably why they do that. That's probably why they do it for men and women, just pick a, a size that's lower than average male. So for mm -hmm. 80, maybe to 90% of the people hop on there, it's going to be low for them. So, right. you know, so they get a, you know, so it doesn't give them that overestimate. And then they're going to say, well, your machine told me that I, right. And then it goes back into that licensing <laughs> yep. effect. So your machine told me that I burned 700 <laughs> calories. So it's okay that I have yep. this 500 mm -hmm. calorie, whatever I'm eating. So mm -hmm. uh, again, this is really good information for ballpark, you know, just to kind of get a, you know, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you know, and trying to have that equal balance on either side of your equation with calories in and calories out. Mm -hmm. But it's really good information, I believe, for everybody to know what goes into um, all this fit technology that 
keeps coming out. It seems like daily. Cool. Every time you go in, I'm seeing a different app on my phone. I see a different yeah. piece of device. You can yeah. put it on your your bikes now. You can you can put it. You can swim with it. My new watch. You can actually swim with it. I don't know yeah. what they. What kind of research they did with that, you know? That gives me an idea. And if people out there are interested, uh, let us know. Um, we might want to do, like, a rundown of, like, some of the fitness trackers that are out there and just some mm-hmm. feature set and then maybe talk about it in terms of, like, who it may be, who they may be good for on the show. So if it's something you're interested in, let us know. Mm-hmm. That's something I think we, we, we'd like to do, review some of these things and then kind of put them, put them out there for you guys and just kind of let you know. We actually even know some people at Pitt who might be able to help us out yeah, in terms of going into the science behind a lot of that stuff. So right. if it's something you're interested in, if you're really interested in fitness trackers and which ones are right for which people, we can right. we, got, we got some hookups. And I think you <laughs> actually mentioned it on one of our previous shows that mm-hmm. not everyone is into your quote-unquote um, traditional fitness where yeah. I go into a gym and have to do this. Yep. So it would be good to get out and have these other modalities. Hey, what does trail walking mm-hmm. burn up? What does swimming burn up? What does hiking or cross, you know, country skiing? What does what do these modalities burn up as far as your energy costs? Mm-hmm. So anything that you can bring forth and, and kind of get a, our heads around that would be great mm-hmm. to to have. And like I said, we're I'm on the hunt. I don't know what I'm on the hunt for, but we're on the hunt for something <laughs> for something for for everyone to bring forth. So yeah, um, yeah. good stuff there. Cool, cool. Um, like I said, with the new format, um, for every episode now, we're going to be bringing forth like a discussion topic for us to kind of hash up. So I brought this one to the table, and it's based off a study that, um, that was done by the Global Information Industry Center. And the study was published in 2009, and the, the premise was, um, was kind of looking at how people read nowadays. And one of the key stats that that um that got brought out from that, that was highlighted in the article that um that was featuring this study, which was on fastcompany.com, and I'll and I'll put that in the show notes as well, was that um we read as a race as as humans we read three times as much as we did as we do as we did in 1980. That we do. Well, let me let me let me back up. Let me make sure my English is right on this one. I'm bogging up. Let me get it right. There we go. <laughs> we read now. In two, when the study was published in 2009, they found that humans read three times as much as they did in the year 1980. And from the jump, that just seems like it's like that's crazy. Like you know. Everything you hear is like how people don't read anymore, how people don't do, you know, how people's attention spans, they can't, you know, they can't, doesn't allow them to read anymore. Mm-hmm. But what the article dug into and the study dug into was that we do read more, and that's a fact, but we don't do as much long form reading. Our reading is reading status updates on Facebook and Twitter, reading text messages, doing things that didn't exist in 1980. None of this stuff right. existed in 1980. Right. You know, the main ways you read in 1980 was newspaper, books, magazines, stuff like that. People still do that, but they tend to do that online now. They tend to do it. Um, they tend to read, you know, like I was saying, you know, Facebook updates and and, and um, tweets and um, comments on Instagram while looking at pictures. So all this short form stuff. And even people nowadays, you know, they read websites, they read blogs, they read books, they read um, all the type of stuff online. They do it on online. They do it on tablets, e-ink readers, you know, like the Kindles where, you know, they have that uh, that, that non-backlit screen. So right. that's where people are doing a lot of reading now. And um, the thing that I really wanted to talk about was, you know, what do you think those long-term effects are, man? Like, what do you think 
do we adapt to that as humans or do we, you know, is it something that we still struggle with? Because one thing that I, that I noticed was when I read a book and I, I just came back from Boston a few weeks ago and my buddy sent me back with um, books. He has books just like lined up in his living room. Like they're just all around the walls. Like he doesn't even have bookcases. They're just stacks <laughs> of books, like stacks of books. And we think a lot alike. So 90% of those books I was interested in reading. So he sent me back with a whole bunch of books. And I normally read my books on my iPad or I'll read magazine articles and stuff, you know, on my iPad and blogs on my iPad. And the difference that I found with the books in real life wasn't so much what people may be thinking, which is it was easier or harder on my eyes. Because when I read on my tablet on my laptop, I turn the backlight down or I put or invert the colors on my iPad where the background is black and the words are like a lighter color and I'll Mm -hmm. turn it down. So I never really had eye strain when I'm reading on, on a screen. The thing that I noticed was after maybe like the initial 10 to 15 minutes of reading where it was hard for me to focus, it was, you know, my focus became really, really clear and I just kept rolling. I kept rolling through, feeding through. But on my iPad, when you're reading an article or even a book on there, nowadays they have links to stuff. They have pictures you click through to see different things. And then it just kind of throws you off. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have the Do Not Disturb on your iPad, a status update comes up while you're reading, and then boop, and now you're into that, and you just can't focus anymore. There's all these distractions. Right. So that's what I really, you know, that's what I'm noticing now about myself and about a lot of my, a lot of people, you know, my age and our generation is that everything we do now, especially when we read, is prone to distraction. So it's not like when I was even in elementary school and middle school when we didn't have access to this type of stuff or when we had to sit down and read stuff, we just sat down and read. Like my right. mom told me to turn off the TV, you know, music, right. you, you got to do your homework, you read and you do this. And nowadays it's just we do our homework and do our reading on laptops and computers where just any little thing can throw you off or any little link in an article you read and you click and now you're going down what my old boss used to call a bunny trail. You're yeah. going down all these bunny trails. Down, down the rabbit hole. Exactly. Like Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole and you don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah. So. yeah. That's my thought with that too. And I was writing as you were talking, I'm worried or wondering about um, everybody's reading ability too. I mean, mm-hmm. with short form, if you're a lot of times, if you're giving a status update, a lot of times people are writing shortened words. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know what, you know, what does, w, everybody knows what WTF means. Mm-hmm. And so I, everything is just so quick now. So attention spans definitely, I, w- I find, have, have, have waned. Mm-hmm. My other thing is I love the actual hard book. I, I want the book because I can actually annotate it as I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows or who has borrowed a book from me, and Seth probably attested, I have little oh, notes yeah. on the side margin. Those books that he was talking about that I had, like they're full of post-it notes. Like. Right. And so I love that aspect of books. Now, you can annotate with you know your iPad and stuff. You can call up and do all that stuff. But I find, just like Seth was saying, that kind of takes you out of the... For me, the study mode or whatever mm-hmm. I'm thinking about at that particular time, that takes me out to pop up the keyboard mm-hmm. and then think about my ASDF, JKL, mm. my home keys. So and it all sparks that. up a whole different part of your brain now. That, right. Yeah. That's, Whereas that's before I had to physically actually take, you know, a pen, you know, the, the you know, a sticky note or whatever and actually write and I'm thinking yeah. about it now. Now I'm thinking about my home row my home row keys yeah. from typing class. Yeah. Make sure I remember that. Make yeah. sure I'm typing it right, then I'm looking and seeing at that. By then my brain is 
kind of wandered off onto another topic. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about my typing, mm -hmm. thinking about, man, I remember when I was able to do 42 <laughs> minutes, 42 words per minute. You know, yeah. so my that kind of takes my brain away. Whereas man. when I'm writing down something on a piece of paper, I'm still engaged into what I'm thinking mm -hmm. and actually writing down and I'm thinking more instead of thinking that's, about that's how good I used to type. That's interesting because for, and that, that's still true today, the first form of nonverbal communication that we really learn, other than body language, is is writing. Like, kids learn how to write first mm -hmm. at a very, very young age. Mm -hmm. They don't, for me anyway, and, you know, I haven't talked to any kids nowadays about this, but for me anyway, I didn't learn how to formally type until we got into maybe middle school. It wasn't even elementary school, because elementary school, you're just learning how to, you know, become a better a better writer, how to write the, you know, how to write the letters, how to form sentences. You're mm -hmm. learning all your verbs and your adjectives and stuff like that. So we're learning all that back then. We didn't start formal typing classes until middle school, until your brain starts to formulate a little bit differently than it did in elementary school, where you're right. still very much a sponge, and then you start formulating in those in those early teenage years, and the teenage, you start solidifying that, you know, your thought process and the way your brain works. But yeah, that that makes sense, man, because yeah. it's it's just it's second nature to write something down. You don't think it's about second it; nature, you just right? do it. But you know, you learn typing and and how to become a proficient typer a little bit later, and how that goes. But then now I'm thinking. Does that change for generations, you know, for future generations because kids are having access to technology even sooner in life? Yeah, but are they learning that, like you, what you just said, mm -hmm. writing, become, it's so second nature to all of us by mm -hmm. the time you're, what, third, fourth, fifth grade? Yeah. Where typing is still a skill. Mm -hmm. And now, even though I still know how to type, I know the home row of keys. I, I wish I would remember my typing teacher, <laughs> but I would give her a shout out right now. Yeah. But I still have to actually engage to remember that. And people aren't typing properly anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we we learned on a physical typewriter. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> a typewriter and we had a computer. But wow. I mean, but you had actual keyboard. Yeah. So yeah. now all these are on a flat surface now. It just doesn't have the tactile feel of a, you know, the home row key. But that's my question. Like. Kids seem to be from a younger and younger age learning them simultaneously because they go home and they have iPads and stuff like that and they type and stuff on like that while they're learning their letters and how to write things in school. So you think it's something that becomes second nature in the future? It could. It could. But are they, I mean, even though I know how to type, I know where all the keys are mm -hmm. without even looking, Yeah. I still find myself looking to type whether yeah. it's, you know, yeah. on my phone or my iPad. And yeah. so thus, I'm not. I'm not going for the cue with my left pinky mm -hmm. finger. Mm -hmm. I'll go for the cue with my right uh, yeah, yeah, pointer yeah. finger. Yeah. Even though I know where the key is, mm -hmm. so that would actually slow me down. Mm -hmm. Or I'm thinking about it instead of just reaching my pinky up and hitting the, the cue yeah. with my pinky. I'm not going to do that, you know, on my iPad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look and cue. Yeah. So I mean, am I going to turn into a po boy? I wish I remember my old type, <laughs> typing uh, instructor because I, if you were, if I were to reach for my right index finger and go for the cue with uh, my, yeah. oh, that's trouble. Yeah. That was trouble for Miss, and I can't remember her name. They used to put. We used to. They used to. Um, our teacher had, um, especially in high school. I mean, we had this in middle school too. They would put these wooden things in front of, on top of our hands and the keyboard. So basically, like you know, three pieces of board, two short 
on the on the sides, two short ends on the side, long end on the top, mm-hmm. and we couldn't see our hands while we were doing it. So we had to do it that way. So once we learned the, the rows, that's how we practiced. We couldn't look at it. Now it's crazy. I hunt and peck. Like I'm not. Right. I don't. I didn't use it often enough because that's interesting too. To having two generations of, of people here to talk about this and two different generations of learning how to type because main when you were coming through the main place you used a computer was where problem where was the main place that you typed anything at when you were when you were school age oh in the library in the library because we had to go into the library to use the computers not everybody had a computer at home exactly but for us like they became more prevalent so I, I get we spent a lot more time typing outside of school than we did in school. Oh, all my typing was in school. Yeah. Any yeah. typing I did it because I didn't have a computer at home. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. all my typing and stuff was in in school. Yeah, yeah. So it got me thinking, like, because now I type, I can type just as fast I think as anyone who has um who has who traditionally does the home keys, and I say I say just about as fast, maybe a little bit slower. But I still look at the keys when I do it. You look at it, I right. still look at the keys when I do it because even though they were teaching us the right way in school, most of the time we were typing, it was the wrong way outside of school anyway. Because mm-hmm. back then, it was, we didn't, text messaging wasn't really huge, as big as it is now, but we were instant messaging. We were AOL messaging, MSN mm-hmm. was huge. So that's how we spent a lot of our time just typing. And um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, and you said this too, was... Now, with the way kids are typing and people are typing, not just kids, but they are typing, like, we're losing that vocabulary. Yeah. Like, there are words that I'll say to kids here at the Kingsley, and they're looking at me like, what? And I'm thinking, like, that's high school words. I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking. Like, right. I'm not saying any college words. That I'm not. Like, yeah, right. You have words an example? College reading level, you go. Um, Off the top of your head? Obligated. There was one kid who looked like he was, like, middle school age who didn't know what obligated meant. Wow. And I was like, that's exactly what I said. I was like, wow. Obligated. Wow. Like, You're open. Um, we're opening up a whole <laughs> different conversation now. It's a know? good, we're going down the rabbit hole. But yeah, that's not a, a high level word. That's a high school word. That's mm-hmm. a middle, late middle school word. That's what obligated. I yeah, that's not, it's not. Oh, it's not an SAT word, I no. would think. <laughs> but yeah, and, 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 and getting back to it, I think that, um, I think, and I've been doing this more and more. Like, I've, been buying notebooks i used to try to put everything on my ipad but i've got notebooks and notepaper now just for that just to keep myself focused because i find the more the more that i do digitally the more i get distracted and Mm -hmm. i'm not liking my attention span right now like i'm actively paying attention to how long i can pay how long i can pay attention to (laughs) (laughs) there it goes it's that screen time there it is (laughs) it's that screen time yeah (laughs) i've been paying attention to how long I can stay focused on something and mm-hmm. it's and like it's scaring me like yeah. it really is it's scaring me how much effort i have to put forward to focus on something now versus me doing it in college or even remembering in high school mm-hmm. like in high school it seemed like it was much easier for me to sit down and do like a homework assignment or anything than it is now for me to sit down and do research like if i do that like i gotta make sure all my stuff is off right. i gotta get in a room where no one's gonna talk to me mm-hmm. like i feel I feel like in high school I was able to handle that a little bit better right. than nowadays. It's you have all these so different pull, stuff pulling at you now. I can't do anything at home anymore now. No. Like right. I can't. 
unless that's why you were studying in the studio exactly that's yeah that's why i would come study in the studio because my desk is where my playstation's at man and Uh-oh. that's never good <laughs> that's never good all right you know and i got my computer and the good thing about us not having good internet reception here in the studio was that you know even when i had my computer with me like i couldn't you know right. it would take too long for me to go down any rabbit holes mm-hmm. so you know i'd only focus on what i needed to know so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's pretty interesting. I now, if you tie that up even with fitness, I mean, everybody, you know, is trying to, the attention span is, is so short now. Mm-hmm. And so my tolerance level is short too. Mm-hmm. So if I start down this exercise program or this new uh, lifestyle change that I'm um, embarking upon and I don't get those immediate results, mm-hmm. I'm more apt uh, to just yeah. give it up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's not happening fast enough for me. Mm-hmm. So are we creating a generation of, you know, we've all, I think, forever always wanted it later. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want this exactly right now. Mm-hmm. But I think it, the urgency now is, okay, I've, I've given your, your exercise program, Seth, two weeks to work. I didn't lose my, <laughs> I didn't lose my 30 pounds. Yeah. So I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. What? Two weeks? 30 pounds? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but really, that's the mindset that, mm-hmm. you know, we may be cultivating with this you know gotta have it now gotta be quick just short attention span and that's the thing like um that's definitely the thing like like i just said everything that you get now is really bite-sized like text messages even articles online have become shorter it's just you know things going like three or four paragraphs and that's it you Mm -hmm. know so people are getting used to that and i don't know if it's um i don't know if it's a good thing man i really don't like that's why i've been trying to read you know a lot more books than i have in the past because it it forces you to stick with something you dig deeper into a topic than just getting a just like a broad overview and then moving on to the next thing and then it starts building into um you know that that quick release that quick fix of okay i did this thing and i'm moving on to the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing you got to keep filling that gap Mm -hmm. you got you get that dopamine release of completing a task really quick and then then where's the next one instead of sticking with something for a a sustained period learning more about it right and then when you're done you have a broader knowledge of what that thing is Mm -hmm. instead of just a glancing knowledge of it not really you know learning as much as you could that's a good question i would really i'd really want to kind of figure out and go to some of your really super super you know intelligent people Mm -hmm. and see what they continue to do as far as um their their reading methods and their mm-hmm. their their study habits. You get mm-hmm. to some of these people because it ought to be interesting what kind of students we're turning out as mm-hmm. a as a as a nation now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of changed into our classic ways of studying. I mean, there's no more encyclopedia that I have to go and get the encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, all it's Wikipedia. I can it's all Google, Google it. Wikipedia. Can, yeah. Yep. I can Google what is whatever. Mm-hmm. What is whatever, and mm-hmm. then boom, this all these things pop up. Yeah. You know. For me, so it ought to be interesting what what this um, what the ramifications of all this in the next 10, 15, 20 years, the health consequences, you know, the the um, just the, the the overall picture of are we getting to be a smarter society? Or are we moving fur- further away from your traditional way of um, um, reading and writing? Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's easy for everybody to pick up a pencil, and you're not even thinking about, man, does my R have to curve mm-hmm. here? Yeah, no, yeah. this and that. No, but I need to reach for that R. So you're looking at it. So. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, this is live. I mean, 
for any of our listeners out there, Seth and I, we, we, we kind of go away each week and we, we, we go and get our articles and then we, we talk about it for maybe five minutes before we get on the show yeah, yeah. and then we just kind of let it flow. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in doing so, I like how, you know, we allow our thoughts to kind of come to the forefront during mm-hmm. the show. And mm-hmm. so a lot of good stuff actually develops from, you know, not even thinking about it. Because if mm-hmm. you kind of think about it, it kind of seems like it's forced. Mm-hmm. So in answer to a couple people to say, hey, we love your show, but you guys go long. We like what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. it's long. That, you know, goes into why we kind of wanted to split up the format as to, you know, if you want to get just to the interview um, with the, the guests for the um, particular episode, you can do that. But, you know, we can also, it gives us more time to kind of expound upon I guess he wouldn't know what expound would be. <laughs> he might not have. He might not. That kid might not know what expound means. Okay. Expound upon. <laughs> what was your word that you gave him? Obligated. Obligated. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not obligated to listen to both. <laughs> to the new format and that, but by all means, if you're if you want to, please do. Well, we might. Well, we might make sure. We might make it an obligation because we want to. We want to. Make your attention span a little bit more robust. We wanna we wanna elongate your focus. Mm-hmm. But that also goes into the couple comments that I got, you know, about them loving the thing. But it goes a little long because mm-hmm. it's long. Mm-hmm. I don't have thirty minutes or forty minutes to hear you guys talk about all things health. Mm-hmm. You know, hit me with a, a quick seven minute, mm-hmm. you know, thing. You yeah. know, then you want to talk like the commercial where they talk real fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I yeah. like to let it sit and marinate. I like to have the, you know, it's almost like freestyle when you're rapping. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you're a really good rapper, you know, you can freestyle. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, some of your best freestyle rappers, Eminem and mm-hmm. Jay-Z and mm-hmm. Biggie Smalls and all mm-hmm. that. You know, you mm-hmm. can, you know, that's freestyle. They don't they don't think about what they're, they're going to say. And when you really have it, you know, together, you can do that. Yeah. I used to be pretty good at that. Yeah, you used to be. I'm no, I'm no good at it now. I don't know, man. You, nope. You got, I don't know. You, you spit a couple of raps, man. I can do that, but I have to write mine down. Though. Oh. I'm not good enough to just oh. come up off the top of your head right. and do that. Right. So, One of these episodes, episode 645. 645, I'm writing that down right 645. now. 645. Where to put my pen at? I'm going to write <clears> that <throat> down just to make sure that we hold him accountable. Episode 645. 645. Yeah, I got to keep listening to make sure we get to episode 645. I can't find my pen, so I'm going to have to type it down. Oh, there we go. About that type. You know what? I'm still in Chris's pen. All right. <laughs> episode 645. Freestyle. Yeah. I used to be okay at that. In, an, in another life. That was 25 years ago. <laughs> 25, 26 years ago. Cool, cool. I think it might be that time, man. I think it might be that time, man. I think it might be time for us to get out of here. Well, let's do it. Uh-huh. I think it might be that time. I think we had a good show today, man. Just like always, please use that voicemail. So I want to get the new stuff out the way first. Please use that voicemail. That voicemail, once again, is 412. Hold up. My screen didn't come back on. <laughs> Put it on. I know it's 412-407-something. <laughs> well, let's get it back up. Come on, you the, you the, you the man. Well, why don't you take off while I'm finding this number again, man? All right, all right. I'm relying on technology here. And it's letting See, me there's that technology. <laughs> there's that short span. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to Healthology. Uh, you can find our show, Healthology, by searching on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and also at our website childfitness.com forward slash healthology our theme song today was lady impreza by frank licks you can find him on soundcloud 
Frank Licks, Sports Slash, Lady Impreza. Our outro song, which you hear now, is from TV, and it's called Here. See, I'm doing Seth's part, see? Dang. I'm freestyling. He's killing it. You know what I mean? He's killing it. He's killing it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Drop the number. I'm ready. You can get the voice. You can hit us up with a voicemail at 412-407-7127. Always hit us up at chowfit at gmail.com. Always, like always, you can always get to us at the um, at the Facebook page. Radio. <laughs> you can get to us at the Stitcher Facebook page at Stitcher C Howard Fitness. Hit us up on Twitter at Chow Fit. And um, hit us know, up on Stitcher Radio. Hit us up on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher and Radio. We want to hear from Stitcher you. Radio. We want to hear from you. You wouldn't ask to hear from you if you didn't want to hear from you. I think that with Stitcher that, we're, we're done, man. My radio.